Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We're following a developing story, this one out of Colleton County. 4147 Moselle Road. I've been up to it now. It's bad. Double homicide involving a mother and son. Both deaths resulting from apparent gunshot wounds. In this town, nobody questioned the Murdochs for 100 years. You know, powerful people make powerful enemies. You commit a murder in the 14th Circuit, the odds of you going to death row are high. From the studios of WCIV ABC News 4 in Charleston, this is the podcast Unsolved South Carolina. Case file number one, the Murdochs. As far as we know, it's the case that started the unraveling of a dynasty. This tragedy doesn't occur but for alcohol. She went full of life and racing. She loved her family. She loved her friends. Mallory Beach was a Southern beauty. Yes, it's hard. There's moments that we have that things remind us of Mallory. And it, we break down at times. She was just a, a young 19-year-old, beautiful, blonde girl. Everyone described her as sweet and nice. And, and truly, a lot of people in the community knew who she was. She was involved in high school. And, and she really was a, a beloved. Uh, member of the community. And this is Caitlin Penter. I am currently a reporter at WLOS in Asheville, North Carolina. And I've been here for two and a half years. And before this, I was a reporter in Savannah, Georgia. And that was in 2019. Caitlin was a reporter at Fox 28 in Savannah. And she's stuck with this story since the very beginning. I just graduated college and the pictures started coming out of Mallory Beach. And I, you know, I just instantly kind of felt connected to the story because she was really close in age to me. A story about a young girl who disappeared early one foggy February morning in a horrible boat crash. It was after a cold night on the water, a night that was supposed to be fun. They had been going out the, the night before. It was a group of friends. Six kids. Let me introduce you the best I can. The kids were all 19, 20 years old, running in the same social sphere, some in college, some not. But back home, here in the low country, they definitely had hung out together. Same friends, even same families. On Saturday, February 23rd, 2019, Mallory Beach was with her boyfriend, Anthony Cook. Anthony's cousin Connor was also there with his longtime girlfriend, Miley Altman. And then there was Morgan Doty and her boyfriend, Paul Murdoch. Hours and even months later, Miley, Morgan, Anthony, and Connor shared their versions of events that night with law enforcement. Paul did not and never will now. Paul and his mother, Maggie, were gunned down at the family hunting lodge in Colleton County on June 7th. 2021. 
It's worth noting we still don't know who killed them or why. But if not for this boat crash and Mallory's death, news of Paul's murder might not have drawn a second look from so many people now gripped by this story. It's because the others on the boat that night have painted Paul in a damning light. But unlike other cases in this saga, much of what Anthony, Miley, Connor, and Morgan say isn't on tape, and they're not talking to reporters. What they have said is in writing, statements to police and court depositions. We're going to have colleagues read their statements for you. All right, recording. Three, two, one. But back in 2019, the 19-year-old Paul was sort of the linchpin for this get-together that night. He told the group they could spend the night on his family island at Chichesi. Miley recalls what the plan was that night. They were headed to an oyster roast at her family's friends on Pawkey Island. We just kind of talked about, well, I think the oyster roast was that we had planned to go to the oyster roast first. And then I think Paul just brought up we could stay at the River House at Chichesi. And we could all ride together there and go that way. And then I think it was-, it was actually his grandfather's place, Randolph Murdoch III. And they could ride on his boat for the trip roughly 20 miles instead of driving around. And then I think you brought up just taking the boat that night instead of driving. Because they said there was like a task force out that night, like on the roads that would be checking people and stuff. So he would rather take the boat than drive. Miley said Paul and Connor were friends. Not so much Anthony. Because Anthony doesn't really like, like Paul that much. Okay. But now that's Miley herself speaking to the local Port Royal police officers soon after the crash. I mean, you know, it's not like they're best friends. It's just like they're like friends. And then like all of us being like, you know, like us three girls are best friends, so it worked out. The Cook cousins were also thick as thieves, raised as brothers, according to their parents. And both said they knew Mallory very well, longer than they had known Paul. According to Connor, Mallory and Connor had gone to school together, hunted together. They were good friends. And now she was dating his cousin, Anthony. Miley, Morgan, and Mallory worked together in an upscale boutique in Beaufort. It's called It's Retail Therapy. Across from Paul's River House, there was a Parker's gas station that sold alcohol. That's where, according to police records, sometime before 2 p.m., Paul used his older brother Buster's ID to buy alcohol. Miley told police she used her fake ID at the same gas station. The alcohol situation, was it every BYOB type deal? Everybody bring their own stuff? Pretty much. Uh, you said you brought a six-pack. How many did you drink out of your six-pack? Maybe like three, because it was like a new flavor and everybody wanted to try it. So like, Next, the kids took Paul's boat to Paul's family's house. The girls changed clothes, according to Anthony. Mallory had on a pink sweater, jeans, boots, and a green jacket. They jumped on the boat and took off before sunset. They drove to Christy and James Woods Island home where they were having an oyster roast. According to their hosts, Paul's boat arrived about 7.30. It was at least a half an hour from his river house. The Woods guests included Paul's uncle, Randy Murdoch, and his wife. It's important to note in addition to being a friend, Christy was an elementary school principal in Hampton County at the time. Morgan told law enforcement once they got there, they started drinking. 
There we all drank alcohol and ate food. Christy Woods would later tell law enforcement another version of events that she says she witnessed. She said she and her husband hosted an oyster roast for friends and their families. She said most guests came by car, but several came by boats, and that Paul's boat arrived about 7.30. Now, she said the kids ate, played cornhole, sat around the fire, and played basketball. Christy said she spoke to the kids throughout the night, and one of the last things they did was play a game of horse. She said these kids were fine when they left. She said they stayed until about 11.30. That was four hours. They knew the river and boating well, she said. And Chrissy said, my only concern was that they were going to be cold on the ride home. The temperature dropped. We invited them to stay, but they said they were ready to go home. And Miley says an Uber was mentioned several times to the kids. Just pretty much all the adults said that they would just drive, get an Uber, or not driving the boat because it was so cold and dark. Anthony backs her up here in a statement. I know there was a bunch of people that tried to get us not to take the boat back. Chrissy said, I hugged them by, and they left. As far as drinks, Chrissy says no alcohol was served at the dinner or was available in coolers. She said they served bottled water and lemonade, but she told law enforcement guests also drank whatever they brought on their own. She said the only one I saw at any point in the night with an alcoholic drink, meaning the kids, was Miley, a white claw. And Miley's parents, well, they were there with her at the party while she was drinking, Woods added. But a note here, that didn't stop the Woods from getting named at first in a lawsuit. We'll tell you about that later in this story. After the kids leave, they don't go home. Paul turns the boat toward downtown Beaufort. Miley says she turns on Connor and tells him, that's stupid, she needs to get home. I can't remember exactly what he said, but... I know he got fed up with me yelling at him in front of everybody, so he was like, whatever, I'm going to do what I want to do. So I couldn't stop him so that he couldn't at that point. But the kids say Paul wants to keep drinking. They head downtown to a bar on Beaufort's waterfront. It's called Luther's Rare and Well Done. Paul and Connor go inside. Miley says she, Mallory, Morgan, and Anthony hang back on some swings nearby. Later, the bartender at Luther's, Kayla Canavan, tells police she knew Paul Murdoch. She went to high school with the 19-year-old Paul and that he was a few grades behind her. She went ahead and served them a lemon drop shot and a shot of Jägermeister each. Paul paid with his mom's credit card, Maggie Murdoch. Morgan and Miley say Paul sends Snapchats of him and Connor doing shots. Paul did that or, or Connor or who? It was Paul who was Snapchatting him taking a shot taking a shot of himself. Mm. So he was doing, uh, what do you call it, a selfie of mm-hmm. you taking the shot, basically? Mm-hmm. Okay. Do you know what he took a shot of? Um, me and, I think Morgan, it was on her phone, I think, because he wouldn't Snapchat me, you know? So I think it was on her phone, and I was like, what is that? Because it was like a darker like liquid, and she was like, oh, there's a Jaeger bomb or whatever. Kayla says she thought Paul and Connor had already had a few drinks, but told police they didn't seem belligerent or incoherent. But as they left the bar, Miley saw something. Me and Morgan, after we had been sitting there for a while, we were like, they were taking forever. And we decided to walk over there. And as we were walking, they were coming out. And that's when Paul like threw a chair over 
there were plastic chairs that was sitting outside of Luther's and there were some random people outside. And one of the guys was like, what did that chair ever do to you? And Paul like came because Connor was talking to me and he came up to me at that point and Paul was still back there where he like hit over the chair and Connor, Paul came up to Connor and was like, what did that guy just say to me? And then Paul, like, tried to get up in his face and stuff. And Connor had to go and pull him back away from the guy. And then we left and got Paul away from the situation. And then we went back to the boat. Anthony told police he did not want to get on that boat again. He said he knew Paul was drunk when they left the oyster roast. I knew before we ever left the oyster roast because I, I actually offered to get an Uber from there back to the island. So we didn't have to go back in the boat, and everybody else wanted to take the boat back. So why didn't Anthony just take an Uber? I wasn't going to let them ride on the boat. I don't know. I just knew they were stubborn enough. They were going to ride on the boat when it hit it, no matter what. And I felt like I needed to be there. There's a video on the dock in Beaufort that night of the kids making their way to the boat. Connor and Miley are holding hands, swinging them together. Morgan walking a little ahead of Paul, looking furious as her boyfriend stumbles and swerves down the boardwalk. And then a heartbreakingly sweet shot of Anthony, keeping close and smiling at Mallory. Mallory smiling back. It'll be the last time we ever see Mallory alive. The kids say Paul drives the boat in circles for a time. We were putting around. Paul almost hit the bridge, but Connor grabbed the wheel. Paul drove almost all the way to Beaufort Sands. From there, we begged Connor to drive. Arguing ensues, according to Anthony. We argued the whole, the whole way. Everybody was fighting, arguing. We drifted around in circles. Numerous times, we idled along. I mean, it was Molly was steady hollering that she had to go to work. The next morning, she was ready to go. That she was wanting to hurry up and get home. And all Paul was doing was making a fool of himself. That's when Miley says Paul's body language had changed. She says she has witnessed it in the past as well. He like this, like has his hand open, and then like I remember like New Year's Eve, like the same night, like he got in his truck and just like drove into the middle of a field, and then somebody had to like race after him to go and stop his truck before he knew what he was doing. And it's like it's like every time he drinks, it's like it gets out of hand like that, where he doesn't know what he's doing, and he like you know does like the hand thing and just. Like, because we've, we've, like, made fun of him about it before just because, like, we thought it was funny that he does his hands like that. Right. So that, that's why we noticed it. And then whenever he got off the dock, it'd be fair, like, I noticed it, like, his hands were like that. Ten months later in a court filing, Miley elaborates even more about Paul's erratic behavior that night. It was kind of everybody started yelling at him about us not getting anywhere. And he got, like, super mad and took off his shirt And he took off his jacket, took his jacket off first and then threw them in the floor of the boat and was just like running without them. It was freezing cold. So it he was obviously very mad about it or very drunk at the time. But I've heard I know Anthony has said that he's done that before or he'd seen him do that. It was just a thing he does whenever he's drunk, I guess. His drunk alter ego had a name, too. He was called Timmy. Here's Anthony. That nickname came about uh, three or four years ago. It started one night at Moselle. Mr. Alex's house in Moselle, because 
I don't remember who came up with the name, but it's just a different name because he turns into a completely, totally different person. So somebody will say when they can tell he's drunk, somebody will say, all right, here comes Timmy. We got to go. And he loved to tear stuff up. And now Connor says Timmy was back. He started doing, uh, I'm sure you've heard how he does his hands. The How he holds them out like this and his eyes got real big and he started getting mean. Just being Timmy. I just always heard of him being called Timmy. Anthony also recalls Paul stripping off his clothes as he grew more unhinged. And then Paul for some reason acted like he was on drugs or something. He started taking his clothes off during one of the arguments. I asked Caitlin if she'd heard about Paul's strange behavior. The questions surrounding Paul's behavior, I mean, sounded super erratic um, and not normal. Like, the the level of being drunk, like, they talked about how he had this alter ego, about how he used his hands. Uh, what did you hear about all of that as you were investigating it? I mean, we had heard about Paul's alter ego. That started coming out in, in the weeks after the crash. I, th- I think his name was was Timmy when he had had too much to drink um, and the aggression that he would show on multiple occasions after he had too much to drink. Um, And it was just, it was really sad hearing that this was possibly a pattern of behavior leading up to this boat crash. Um, And again, just hits home yet again that he should not have been driving, but it also seems like he's not the kind of person that would have taken any kind of criticism like he he was going to drive that that boat you know regardless of what anyone told him that night connor says he and anthony offered to drive but paul would not have it the fog set in it was getting harder to see and the boat did not have its navigation lights on just a light on a rod and connor says he held a flashlight when i was holding the light it wasn't like a constant shining the light it was every now and again shine the light well, Paul's always been the one that wanted to drive the boat and would not let anyone else drive the boat. He told us it was his boat. No one could operate his boat like him, and no one is driving his effing boat. Yeah, he was pissed, and everyone was ready to get home, so he hauled ass. Miley says Paul was angry at the thought of someone else taking the wheel. It just led to him not liking everybody was kind of ganging up on him, per se. It just, you know, he just got very mouthy with everybody. If somebody, like, yelled, I yelled at him once, and he just told me, he was like, sit, shut the F up and sit the F down. Nobody else is driving my boat. But Connor does take the wheel briefly as a fight breaks out between Paul and his girlfriend, Morgan. Here's Morgan. Connor took over, and the boat was going at a steady speed. Paul came up from behind and got close to my face, screaming, cussing, and saying horrible things. He walked back to behind the console. But it's Miley who elaborates on how bad that fight actually got. Once Connor's driving for a bit, Paul comes to the front, takes off his shirt and sits in front of Morgan and I. He starts yelling at Morgan and gets very close to her face and yells and yells. And she pushed him away and he didn't like it very much. And Morgan said, what are you going to do? Hit me like you have all those times before? And he hit her, and she hit him back, and he walked back to the steering wheel and took over again like he was before, being hostile, grabbing the wheel from Connor as Connor backed off. The night was deteriorating. At one point, Anthony asks Paul to let him and Mallory get off at a dock, but that request went unheeded. There was nowhere to go. 
Here's what Caitlin, the news reporter, had to say. It really gave me chills when all of those details started coming out, too, because, you know, you you think about him and you think about Mallory in the moments before the crash. Like they already seemed apprehensive and they they were scared about getting on that boat. And I just I can't imagine sitting on that boat um, right before that crash. I, I can't imagine what was going through those those poor kids heads, honestly. Miley says she was so worried about her friend Morgan, she didn't look back up. I never looked back again to see who had the wheel after that because I was worried about Morgan and I was comforting her. Not even five minutes later, it was very foggy and dark. It's coastal. It's a lot of water. It's also extremely dark over there at night. Um, And I mean, yeah, it it was just it, it was lots of wide open water. And um, I, I can't imagine navigating there at night because like I said, it's it's very, very dark at night. It's been about an hour that's passed since they left the dock headed to Paul's River House. Time is moving slowly, but it's turned into Sunday morning, somewhere around 2 a.m. After the fight with Paul, Morgan says she cowers under the blanket in front of the boat with Miley on the right. It's Anthony who tells us what happened next. The last argument, we were standing up in the front of the boat, facing the front. And that's when Paul had went around to the front and I guess slapped Morgan. I didn't see it. I thought he just kind of grabbed her and pushed her down. I didn't see it happen, but he was leaning over the top of her. And she was laid down at the front of the boat and Miley called her a name or something. And Connor didn't say anything back to him. And I said something to Connor for not saying something back to him. And then Mallory called him, say he was being stupid, you know. That was enough. Let's go home. And he turned and pointed at her. And I could tell he was about to say something. And I told him not to make that mistake. And he stared at me for a second and went to the steering wheel. And I believe that's when we took off. And whenever the boat accelerated, I slipped. And because either a seat or cooler sitting behind the center console that we'd been sitting on the whole night, the throttle got slammed by who? I don't know. And I fell on the bottom of the boat and took Mallory with me. Anthony's holding Mallory in his arms on the floor of the boat behind Connor and Paul. According to the drawings from the kids, Connor is right of Paul. Paul was at the wheel. Morgan and Miley are huddled in the front. I put my face in the blanket for the rest of the ride. I'm unsure of who was driving, but the boat's manner was different from when Connor was driving. The speed seems like the throttle was all the way down. Not five minutes pass. Miley says she looks up seconds before they reach Archer's Creek Bridge. You said you braced yourself because you saw it. I'm pretty sure I said watch out or like something like that, but like I screamed it like I was, like, you know, but I think like I even like stood up before, like right, like a second before we hit just because like I was trying to like, you know, like, like brace myself, like hold on to something. Morgan. Before we hit the bridge, I looked up for a split second for Miley screaming Connor's name. Connor. We were headed down Archer's Creek, headed towards, I remember, seeing the bridge, and that's about it. Anthony. Are you smiling like it's funny? Sit down, sit down. My girlfriend, go, folks. You think it's funny? Y'all know Alec Murdoch. Right, I know the name. 
audacity of son. That's so grabbing the Good luck. Nine one one, where's your emergency? Hello. Police fire anywhere? Hello. We're in a boat crash on Arthur Street. Unsolved South Carolina was brought to you by me, Ann Emerson, along with producer Drew Trump and editor Daniel Michener. Original music by Maxwell Harrison. Coming up next week. Please send someone. Oh, no, I'm coming. We're calling. We're calling. Okay. <laughs> Six people on board. They currently have one missing. The one missing is a female. Dispatch MRO, we're launching a boat right now. Two more away. Chaos after the crash and how ripples of that awful night are still being felt to this day. Ma'am? Just stay in the line with me until they get to you, okay? Yes, ma'am. Okay. If you enjoyed listening today, please consider rating and reviewing. It goes a long way to help others discover this podcast. Audible is the destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Allow your imagination to be piqued by stories that are brought to life through captivating sound design, eerie soundscapes, and dynamic performances. As an Audible member, you'll be able to keep your heart rate up month after month because you can choose one title a month to keep from the entire catalog, including the latest bestsellers and new releases. If you're in the mood for a shocking psychological thriller, check out None of This is True by Lisa Jewell. Embrace brand new exclusive thrillers from bestselling authors who are guaranteed to keep you gripped. New members can try Audible free for 30 days. Visit audible.com slash thrill or text thrill to 500-500. That's audible.com slash thrill or text thrill to 500-500. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Download speeds up to one gigabit per second. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply.